salutations, parish orphans, and retrogrades. I'm coming to you with a short video and the best video on the internet describing what we all just heard and some of us saw with the Father James Martin DNC prayer. Filthy, disgusting, non-anti-abortion prayer. I'm going to give you some, some hardcore analysis, so let's go with that. This is only going to be a 20-minute video or so, but I, I have a lot of angles that I think you will miss unless you watch my channel. So here you go. Number one, this was not an anti-abortion speech. Being anti-abortion is a thousand times more important than being pro-life. And here's what I mean. A, you've kind of heard of the seamless garment, the Bernadine argument, and Martin's speech, prayer, thing, mashup, combo was rife with the seamless garment. It was all leftist talking points, aside from one kind of nod to anti-abortion without saying any of the controversial stuff, and without saying any of the anti-abortion stuff. Seamless garment all the way. But B, it's more important to be anti-abortion than pro-life because, drumroll please, every pro-abortion leftist you know is pro-life selectively when they want to be. I'd call your attention to Elaine from Seinfeld, the character who single-handedly took what should have been the greatest show of all time and just her presence, such an obnoxious wannabe dude in an otherwise great show that I don't think it is the funniest show of all time because the Elaine episodes all sucked, and that's most of them. Elaine in season three of Seinfeld, just to prove to you the distinction between being anti-abortion and being pro-life, in season three, in an episode, Elaine berates a pregnant mother for nothing other than smoking while pregnant. And she says, and I quote, do you know how bad that is for the fetus? Do you know how bad it is for the fetus? Meaning it's, it's bad to harm a fetus. Subtext, if you want to keep it, whatever. By season, it's either six or seven, someone in the audience will know, she gets into a debate with a man that she's very attracted to, that she's dating over abortion, it's the famous Poppy episode, putting the pizza in the oven, when does it become a pizza? They thought that it was so clever. It was really just smarmy. A smarmy, pseudo-intellectual New Yorker's attempt to be funny about not a funny issue at all, as much as I liked Seinfeld. It's not an issue to laugh about. And I, I, never, I never get sanctimonious about these things, but abortion is something to get sanctimonious about. Nevertheless, Elaine, three or four seasons after she said smoking is bad and she yells in a stranger's face, it's bad because it harms the fetus, she says, I must stop dating this man because he's so anti-abortion. He's so pro-life in the proper sense. The reason I'm bringing all this up is because Elaine, who's you know an illiterate as far as I'm concerned, whatever the actress's name is, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she thinks she's really clever. She just ruined what could have been an all-time great TV show. She was at the DNC, by the way. They all, leftists, when they're having a baby or their friends are having babies, they're all pro-life. And I'm not even just talking about the seamless garment stuff from, from point A. They all pray for the baby, which is all Father James Martin did. As a matter of fact, in a second, I think I'll, I'll read that to you, what he actually said. That Christians and conservatives and, and Catholics, in a cucked way, are rushing into praise. Don't simp, right? 
for this homosexualist. I'm going to go through my own private prayer at the end of this and, and let you judge whether or not this is a, a more efficacious, more on point, more 2020 relevant prayer. And you can be the judge. They all pray. As a matter of fact, abortionist, you know, kid murderers and kid murdering supporters like Elaine Bennis's Julia Louis-Dreyfus, they pray for, for children unborn in the womb that they don't get Down syndrome or that they don't have Down syndrome or other terrible diseases. And you know how I know? Because they have it checked out. They're on their hands and knees praying, I don't want my kid to have a disease, same as the rest of us. It's a natural thing to pray for. But with them, they'll take action. They'll kill the little baby in the womb. That proves the distinction between being pro-life and anti-abortion. If you're anti-abortion, you're just like, hey, I want my kid to come out healthy, safe, and sound. If you're just vaguely pro-life, you always mean a certain kind of life. Well, if this kid has no major uh, setbacks as a human being, anatomically speaking, chromosomally speaking, gestationally speaking, then I want it to survive. But if it's not blonde-haired, blue-eyed, perfect health, no chromosomal issues, no enzymal issues, then I want to kill it. You're pro-life in a, in a manner of speaking, but you're not anti-abortion. So just look at season three, Elaine, and season six, Elaine. It's the Elaine-Bennis dichotomy. They don't unilaterally, because they're just a certain kind of pro-life, like Father James Martin, they don't unilaterally condemn abortion. They just praise certain kinds of life. The fact that we can talk about Elaine Ben as the Seinfeld character who roots for one kind of fetus and against another kind of fetus, wants to kill as many of another kind as the mothers see fit, proves the case. It absolutely proves what I'm saying. It's, it's unmistakable. As a matter of fact, imagine James Martin there, SJ, SJ, there at the DNC. And can you imagine all the conversations he's having behind the scenes about this one throwaway line? I'm going to read it in a second. He'll say, yeah, all the conservative cucks out there are praising me because I, I prayed for unborn humans in the womb. I didn't say anything bad about abortion. More importantly, I didn't say anything bad about abortionists. Most important, I didn't say anything bad about the sovereign majority or minority majority that has made abortionists uh, legal and protected in this country. That's the most important point. I didn't say any, and not a crossword against any of those three institutions in America. Abortion, the abortionists, or the abortionist supporters. And all these cucked conservatives, like always, are out there praising my prayer. Unreal. Part C also, I, you know I like to make reference to great films. 310 to Yuma. The, the good-hearted villain, Ben Wade, much better-hearted than the not-so-good-hearted villain, James Martin S.J., was saying, uh, he, he's referring in this one scene to the Pinkertons who had opposed him and were trying to recoup losses on behalf of all the people he'd, he'd robbed through the years, oh, like 20 robberies or something. And he's talking to the Pinkerton and the guy he robbed, the railroad man, Mr. Shiny Shoes, as he calls him, and he says to him, uh, after a little speech in all the losses the bank and the railroad have taken 
through Ben Wade the villain. He says, y'all notice that he didn't mention any of the lives I'd taken. That's part C of my critique. The distinction between being anti-abortion, good, and being pro-life. Everyone's pro-life when it befits them. Everyone. Everyone, everyone, everyone. So think about that as you listen to James Martin S.J.'s speech here. It's really rather remarkable. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it for you now. Everyone's tripping over themselves to laud this thing, to applaud it, give it as many pr plaudits and, and praise, encomiums, showers of praise. And it's pathetic. Listen to this. Think of, think of Ben Wade saying, y'all notice he didn't mention any of the lives I'd taken. When, when the abortion gets its one little mention at the DNC, amidst all these clapping murderers who stand for nothing, if not killing millions more babies in the womb. A prayer of welcome, loving God, open our hearts to those most in need. The unemployed parent worried about feeding his or her children, the woman who is underpaid, harassed or abused, the black man and woman who fear for their lives, the immigrant at the border longing for safety, the homeless person looking for a meal, the LGBT teen who is bullied, the unborn child in the womb, glosses over it. The inmate on death row, help us to be a nation where every life is sacred, all people are loved, and all are welcome. Amen. Now, he sticks it right in the middle, so it's as non-conspicuous as possible, and all he says is, this is a prayer for the unborn in the womb. Think Ben Wade, people. Always think Ben Wade. Think 310 to Yuma. People know this is my favorite movie, and I love it. Always think Ben Wade. Y'all notice he didn't mention any of the lives these people have taken? He didn't even see fit, my friends, to pray for all the unborn, unbaptized babies who were murdered by their mothers before they could be baptized. Meaning, their fate is in God's hands. It's not sacramentally sealed. He didn't even have the chutzpah to pray for the unborn babies in the womb that have been killed. All he's prayed for is... The un unborn child in the womb, meaning present and future. Notice that? See that little part of the trick? And here's why. Because we all know there's no such thing as a villainless crime. The left always talks about no such thing as a victimless crime to get to what they want to emphasize. The culture of victimhood. I always talk about there's no such thing as a villainless crime because I want to get to what I want to emphasize. And that's the villains. All the villains liked trained seals slapping their hands together praying and then slapping their hands together in applause in the DNC convention. All the Elaine Bennises out there talking about their contraception they, they, that falls out of their purse like a Seinfeld episode. Breaking up with guys because they're too anti-abortion. All of them are literally just praying for the unborn child in the womb. And he can say at the end of this convention, hey man, all these cucked conservatives and Christians are going to praise me and even say a cross word against abortion. Might be praying that kids in the womb don't have a chromosomal disorder because I haven't condemned killing them if they do have a chromosomal disorder. I might be praying that they don't have an enlarged heart. There's no such thing as a villainless crime. And the second you start talking about villains, 
the second you start talking about real victims, not the way the left does it, but the way that requires justice and mercy to be conceived of together, a victim requires a villain, my friends. Well, all of a sudden, if we're praying for the roughly one million babies in America that have been killed per year since Roe versus Wade in 1973, well, we're praying for all of these babies that were murdered by the person they should be able to trust the most in this world, their mothers. These mothers killed the most innocent little being, sacred little being, a human being, entrusted to their special care by the Lord himself. It's ordained, christened from heaven above, and they murdered that, that little human being, in their body. The second you start acknowledging that, Father James Martin, then all of a sudden you have to acknowledge that there's there's two sides to every coin. That little victim, the baby, well, he was murdered by his mother. No such thing as a villainless crime. So instead you just say, oh, I'm, I'm praying for all babies in the womb. They don't get diseases. Their mother, while she's carrying them to term, doesn't get in a train wreck, right? That falls under the one line caveat he he saw fit to carve out in his otherwise uh, Marxist speech, praying that the mother doesn't get some sort of blood infection from going to maybe an infected, I don't know, red tide beach, could could apply to all of these. And he's probably telling them this, ha ha, look at all these conservatives, they're all all praising me. He didn't say one word against abortion. Being anti-abortion is different and more important and better than being pro-life. All leftists are pro-life, my friends. They're all pro-life. When they get their 1.7 babies, their 1.7 pregnancies per household, when they're like 45 years old or whatever, and they're doing in in vitro fertilization, they're taking all the the fertilization meds and all the unnatural stuff they do when they're like 52 years old, then, yeah, they're praying for life. They're pro-life. Don't kid yourself. They're never anti-abortion. They're pro-life when they're going to their... Uh, pregnancy doctor's checkups and they're saying hey doc is the baby okay I really hope my baby's okay I hope my baby's good I hope my baby doesn't have down syndrome and you're doing the checks because the medical establishment will encourage me to abort this baby and it's legal and I've argued for this my whole 52 years of life because I'm a leftist I've argued that if this baby has down syndrome I the card-carrying Marxist leftist who pretends sometimes and sometimes I'm authentic when I pretend to be pro-life. Well, I want this baby not to have Down syndrome in the womb. Because I, the card-carrying Marxist leftist like James Martin, will abort. So being pro-life is nothing. There's not a concession. Being anti-abortion is. So let me give a little ending prayer here. I'm not a priest, so it, it's just a, a layman's prayer. Think about it. After all the libertarians, regardless of how you feel about libertarians as a Catholic, I'm, I'm not weighing in here today, but all the libertarians that get dumped on for LGBT kind of neutrality in, in, in the drag queen story hour from two summers ago, but then a bona fide LGBT attacker of Christianity like Father James S.J., comes out, he's an apologist against Christianity, and he says a single thing, 
very vaguely, very obliquely pro-life, not even against abortion. Everyone goes radio silence, even though they're, they're dumping on the, the so-called Catholic libertarians or the real Catholic libertarians just because they're a little iffy about, you know, they didn't know exactly how to critique Drag Queen Story Hour, given their, the libertarian view of um, political economy and the scope of government and all that. But, but now they're, they're just, hey, they're praising. They're out there on Twitter right now praising Father James Martin for what he said. This is diabolic weaponized ambiguity by James Martin. I guarantee, I can't prove it to you, but I guarantee at the convention he's going around saying, Look, look what the, even the conservatives in the press are going to say about this. They're all going to pray with me. They're all laughing at us. How about a prayer that, that uh, mentions this homosexualist's favorite lobby group, LGBTQ, RSTUV, Drag Queen Story Hour. How about the kids taken advantage of in the Drag Queen Story Hour? How about the people who lost their health care due to the ACA, Obamacare and all that? How about the Department of Health and Human Services? The, how about we pray for all of the victims, like the Little Sisters of the Poor, that had, to, that had their religious liberty violated by the Department of Health and Human Services, people like Catherine Sibelius, James Martin's best friend, he supported Obamacare, who were forced to give contraception and maybe even abortifacients to their Catholic clients even though this violates sacred conscience. Hmm? What about that? And, and at the very least, families, the many, the thousands of families who lost their health care to the ACA. How about a prayer for that? How about the general dissolution of the family being accelerated by no-fault divorce? The, even Republicans don't want to pray for that because it's 50% across the board. But how about the accelerant of gay marriage and what it's done to the family? He's a huge proponent of this. He's a huge opponent of Christianity. I don't care if he's wearing a Roman collar. He, how, how dare he? He can't, he can't get on his high horse and pray for religious liberty because the LGBT homo lobby is the primary opponent of Christianity in the popular culture and the media culture and the news culture and the academic culture today in the West. How about all the black property owners who had their property destroyed by black people and skinny little white people that need to be, all of them, need to be punched hard in the back of the head over the, this past summer. How about all those black property owners? How about all the white property owners who had their property destroyed by these thugs in the street? How about the white people? How about the Mexican property owners and Chinese property owners? We're going to talk about color. How about the white families who are afraid of police officers? Why did he just pl pray for, for black men and women who are afraid of cops? I've, I've never been, I've never gotten along with cops great. I've said this countless times, right? I don't get a prayer. There's more, uh, more unjust killings of whites by police officers every year than blacks. I, I can't get a little bit of that love. I mean, the love via prayer. Father James Martin? How about the socialists that want to redistribute um, middle-income families' wealth, take away their property, take away their real estate through Kilo versus City of New London, Supreme Court case from 2005, 
How about that? So sorry, the, the leftist narrative, I, I know it has been channeled into this prayer by Father James S.J., but how about all of that? How about just the, what is it, 20 to 40 killed black people at the hands of other black people in South Chicago last weekend? How about the 20 to 40 new black people that will be killed at the hands of other black people this upcoming weekend in South Chicago alone? It was over 1,900 deaths. I think it was black deaths in South Chicago, January through July of this year alone. How about that? Black on black crime. How about the victims of black on white crime or black on Mexican or Chinese crime? How about those? If, you're, if, you're, if you go by the statistics and you're not really partial and you're, you're truly colorblind except in the ways that present themselves in the statistics, how about the, the victims of all of these, these hateful inner city crimes? Not just the property owners. How about actual murder victims? So again, think Russell Crowe as Ben Wade in 310 to Yuma. Y'all notice they never mention all the lives that the left and the darlings of the left take via murder. They'll pray for present and future babies in the womb, whatever that means, probably health, that their mothers don't get red tied or whatever. But they won't pray for the past ones that are waiting in maybe limbo, we don't know, because they were killed by their mothers before they could be baptized. How about all the lives lost at the hands of BLM? over the past summer? How about the lives lost at the hands of Antifa over the past summer? That's my prayer. I make that prayer in the name of our Savior Jesus. Together with Mary and Joseph, be with us on the way. Amen. So, no, that was not an anti-abortion uh, prayer. Didn't even have one line anti-abortion. God bless you guys all. Hit the bell, hit like, hit subscribe. And the Aristotle class, the church history class, the Catholic Republic class, almost getting sold out in that order. Church history's got a few more. Catholic Republic has a lot more. Register for them soon. We're going to do orientation in the upcoming two weeks, and then we're going to get started. God bless you guys. Stay strong. Forza, Forza. Deus Volt. God bless you. We'll come back with some more excellent shows next week. Hopefully we've got some, some good interviews coming up. I can't announce yet because I'm really close to getting some big interviews. Pray for rules for retrogrades. Pray for me. Pray for Dave. We're both in these new ventures in Mississippi. And we'll be back with you soon. God bless you guys. And uh, don't simp for Father James Martin. It was a fake anti-abortion prayer. God bless you.